0: Welcome to season four.
1: Welcome to season four of this most unbelievable podcast.
0: We open season four with a confession. We don't have a plan.
1: We have no idea what's going to show up. Our podcast and every season is our place of invention.
0: It's where we go to think and learn with each other and to open dialogue with our listeners.
1: We look forward to another season of brainstorming and surrendering to what unfolds.
0: Thanks, y'all. Now on with the show. Hey, Paul.
1: Hey, Sherry. What's going on?
0: You know what's going on? It's Podcast Tuesday, Tuesday.
1: again. It's Podcast Tuesday. Schedules have changed. So we're back to our regularly scheduled classroom activities right at our fine employer uh institution and um yeah tuesdays are the day
0: it's true um yeah i'm just really excited i don't know why i like a podcast on tuesday but i just really do so yeah me
1: too it's it's a good way to start a week i think
0: yeah it is so podcast
1: wednesday was like before the podcast was the first half of the week after the podcast was the second half i like podcast tuesday myself as well
0: I guess technically last week we recorded on a Tuesday as well but. yeah I
1: think we did and there were a couple of times when I think we might have done a Tuesday or a Thursday you know and uh, I think every time that we did we said hey it's podcast Tuesday you yeah know? so I think we we mentioned it every time it, it was because yeah. that's how this whole thing started isn't it I mean our first podcast was on I don't know what day that was on it might think, not have been a Tuesday
0: I think it might have been a Thursday
1: it might have been yeah but uh, podcast Tuesday has been going on for a long time then it was Podcast Wednesday for a while, and now it's Podcast Tuesday again.
0: Podcast Tuesday, yep. Um, no, I like this, because I feel like on Tuesdays, you should have a podcast, and you should have tacos.
1: I think so, too, and um, by Tuesday, the week hasn't really gotten me down yet or anything, so I'm still a little bit fresh. And
0: Does the week usually spry. get you down? No,
1: no, okay. it doesn't, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's like, you know, it's uh, it's nice and early in the week. It's nice.
0: Yeah, but it's there good. is there is a little bit of a cyclical nature to the week, right? And so yeah, there is. Um, I definitely think last semester, because uh, you know, you and I, Paul, we think of our life in semesters.
1: We do. Uh, we <laughs> so we have to. I think we have to. I
0: think we do too. Yeah. So last semester, um, my first day of teaching was like Zoom classes was on Wednesdays, uh-huh. and so I would teach two classes on Zoom. And then have a podcast with you, which, of course, I loved all three of those things. I loved my Wednesday classes, and I loved podcasting with you. But by the time I got to, like, 5 o'clock, I had no voice left. Um, And, like, very little will to live. And so I have a standing Wednesday, like, once a month Wednesday night meeting that I just did not attend with the regularity that I would like to. Because right. I didn't have anything left in me by, right. by 7 o'clock right. on Wednesdays last semester.
1: Yeah, I don't teach on Tuesdays this semester. So um, this is going to be the first uh, vocal
2: mm-hmm.
1: thing, I guess, that I do you know, uh, on, on Tuesdays. So I'm looking forward to that. Because yeah. there were a couple of times back when we were doing stuff before teaching class and then hopping on. I mean, my voice would be a little bit wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. That just means I'm talking too much in my class is what that also means.
0: Oh, well, there is that. There but is that. I mean, it's a little hard to avoid in 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 these times. Yeah, it is hard um, to avoid in these times. I and mean, I I think I also talk differently on Zoom than I do. I was thinking about this last week when we recorded uh face to face. Mhm. I think I project a little differently on Zoom than I do talking in front of a class like that there's, yeah, maybe. There's something different. I don't know what it is exactly. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but this week, I get to record with a very different setup, because I you have do. a new microphone. Yes, it's
1: great. A little tech sick. upgrade there.
0: Yeah, it's it's good to get a little tech upgrade every now and again. Cool. Yeah, so I'm excited. Nice. Uh So hopefully I sound excellent.
1: We already sounded excellent. You sounded fantastic before
0: yeah well
1: may it continue
0: may it continue so we're recording the first week back in the classroom Uh after a week last week of our welcome back meetings with our Mm -hmm. employer and a really really unsettling week For the good people of the US of A. It
1: it was a little unsettling for people in the USA and uh, some people outside of the USA, I think, as well. And I had a couple of moments during that, of course, we're talking about the, uh, I mean, the word, what the appropriate word is still gets, is is still debated, riot, uh, insurrection. I think
0: insurrection is the word I prefer. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's not, if if that's not it, it's not far from it. Um, Yeah. And uh, the surrealness of that, and that's that's a word that's been used a lot, but what was particularly surreal for me is that my setup right here that I, that I record at in my you – know, I, I teach class from this exact same place. And then I have two big monitors. On one was a faculty meeting. On the other were protesters storming the Capitol, breaking in the door. Um, it's, mm-hmm. what? You know, it's like how can – How can these two things be happening at exactly the same time?
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. and Uh, It's bizarre. And, you know, I saw, and we don't have to do a whole episode on on this event, because I think probably by the time this comes out on Tuesday, a lot of people will have been thought uh, out about this topic. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of people compare it, the feeling they had as they watched it unfold. Um, to nine eleven, like there's yeah, been a lot of right. comparisons to that, um, and so it has me thinking quite a bit about how we respond, um, to big things like this in our lives. So, nine mm-hmm. eleven, you know, the events of last week, uh, other major things like, for lack of a better mo- word, like crisis moments, right, in yeah, our lives, right. Um, and it reminded me when I was doing my dissertation research, I interviewed Ian Mackay, which, you know, mm-hmm. I talk about every chance mm-hmm. I get. Um, but Ian talked about on that recording how he handled the 9 11 um, attacks. And I remember at the time that I interviewed him being so confused by what mm-hmm. he did on the day of the attacks. Mm-hmm. And I think watching. This come through this time. I think I have a different perspective on it. So when 9-11 happened, um, he was at the Discord house, which, you know, you can see the Pentagon from there, basically. So Mm -hmm. he could see the smoke, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so he turned off the television. He did not watch the news. Mm. And he spent the day writing postcards to kids that had written to him. Um, He wrote these postcards back and he dated them. Um, I can't remember if he predated them or postdated them because he didn't want people to know that he spent nine eleven writing postcards, even though that's yeah, what he right. did.
2: Right, um, right.
0: Because he didn't want to appear insensitive. But by sending these things, he was like he felt like he was kind of making an argument that life would go on by tr- sending these things forward that people would read right. in the future. And I thought that was really interesting at the time. I thought, how could you not? like stay glued to the events the whole time mm-hmm. yeah um but this time around i don't know i think the way we respond to these crises things like watching it doesn't change what happens
1: no it, it really doesn't and um, when we talk about you know these crisis things it's like i'm thinking back it's 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 like the the first thing that I sort of thought when you said how you know that this is, is sort of comparable to to, to September eleventh, two thousand one is like this is the only thing, with the occasional exception of of something about COVID vaccines that the news is is covering. Mm-hmm. It's either exactly this or stuff that is like attached to this in some profound way about tech companies kicking off, you know, uh, uh, particular people. You know, Mm -hmm. for inciting violent behavior or kind of whatever and funding being cut off from big companies and donors and things like that. So it's like, it's completely, it's completely subsumed the news cycle. And if you wondered whether or not something could happen that would push COVID to second place. In the news cycle, you found it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, oh, my God. But I was thinking back, you know, I got a couple of years on you, Sherry, right? There's a couple of things that I'm thinking about in my life that uh, may, may have actually predated you a little bit. I don't know. Um, There's that, only 12 that was, years. Yeah, that was in the memory, you know, um, that I do remember that it, it wasn't like this, though. It was a little different. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when the Berlin Wall fell and the mm-hmm. Soviet mm-hmm. Union came apart. But that wasn't here. I yeah. mean, that was that was all over the news cycle, but it was somewhere else. So it, it doesn't really hold up to right. that, to that scrutiny. Um, the space shuttle, mm-hmm. you know, space shuttle, yeah. uh, with, uh, uh, Krista Cause I remember I was in high school at the time and, you know, there was somebody going door to door saying, holy shit, you know, the space shuttle just blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that dominated the news cycle, obviously for quite a while. And, uh, the, the new cycle in what 1980 mm-hmm. I think, or whatever that was, I think it was 1987. Um, uh, Mount St. Helens, you know, um, it, it, it an extraordinary event that, um, very newsworthy and people did lose their lives mm-hmm. in that, um, Hurricane Katrina, yep, you know, um, far more catastrophic than Mount St. Helens. By a long shot, by a long shot. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, there, there's there been a couple, but I mean, very few things have, yeah. have rocked, have rocked both the news cycle and the American psyche like like this past week has. Yeah. COVID, I mean, COVID included in that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only other things that I really, that register at that same level for me, um, Oklahoma City bombing.
1: Oklahoma City. Yep.
0: And Columbine. Yep i will give you yeah Columbine um, as well, and then yeah. of course the virginia tech shooting yeah yeah um but i think you know one of the things that makes perhaps 9-11 and last week's events, which we don't have a clever name for yet um yeah, last week's events <laughs> is
1: what they are yeah um
0: i think one of the things that's so uh destabilizing about those events is the way that they point to a threat upon democracy. Yeah. Um, right. Cause that, you know, in a lot of ways, um, nine that's what it, that was a threat upon our democracy. Right. 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 Last week, that's a threat upon democracy. Whereas like, um, you know, Katrina and Mount St. Helens and things like that. That's, that's it was a thr- failure
1: of leadership, you know, it, coupled with a natural disaster, exposing leadership failure. But
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, the challenger, like you look at that, like what's happening there. It's, you know, it's a failure of people. Yeah. Right. Not a threat upon, oh, you know, it, it, it's very interesting.
1: The very foundation of what this country represents. Yeah. Which is, leaders are elected by the people yeah period it's not ambiguous
0: right right yeah um and so it's super uh destabilizing in a lot of ways and you know i found i i saw a lot of people who were just really shook by it um Mm -hmm. and you know of course we being so close to it you know like there's something about uh my husband and I ended up, you know, under curfew, right? Like that yeah, whole thing, right? Um. But then, what does one do?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think one of the scariest parts to this that um, does lend itself to somebody asking that question is like, what What do I do now? There is the, you know, the threat to democracy that you know it, it sort of represented. That uh, I'm going to understate this causes significant concern to enter into one's uh, psyche. But how could security be so catastrophically under prepared and under responsive to let that happen? My God, you know, um it's 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 shocking and and that threatens this general sense of just this curiosity is like, am I safe? Am I safe? Because you, you see what is quite possibly the second most secure building in the world getting breached in a half an hour by a guy with a fire extinguisher in a, uh, in, in, in a outfit wearing a couple of horns. I mean, it's how, well, Could, I mean, it's like, are, have I been overestimating my security and my safety this yes. whole time? And, and that's an extremely unsettling thought um, that that when, when you see just these basic assumptions about how safe and secure you are, just go right down the drain.
0: Well, it's I mean, very I think, unsettling. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the heart of it. You know, we fail. We do not like to acknowledge how much. Safety and security theater we engage in.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Right, like yeah. after 9-11 um, you know, after the shoe bomber, right? Like, oh, we're right. all gonna take our shoes off when we go through the airport, and that is the ritual we engage in to yeah. pretend that we are now safe. Right. But that's not where the safety and security comes from, no. right? That's no, not. Um, and like this idea that that building is particularly safe and secure. I don't know. I think think that there's long been a people's sort of gentlemanly agreement that like storming the Capitol is not something we do.
1: Yeah, it's not done in civilized society. It's just not. What you know, do. and it's not that I ever really wanted to either. Um, but I mean, there's just this notion that you're not going to make it in, right? You're going to get taken out of there in a body bag. I mean, it's you yeah. couldn't, you couldn't if you wanted. I mean. You get dirty looks in the in the National Archives if you're if you're breathing too loud, you know. And yeah. Like, let alone, let alone in the U.S. Capitol. So, it's, yeah. it's curious.
0: It is very curious.
1: Um, Am why as safe as I thought? You know.
0: Yeah. Well, and <laughs> it's funny because. This kind of relates to, like, what we talked about last week, like, groundedness and this, yeah. where does this... that was the day before that
1: happened. I know. We recorded a podcast on being grounded, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. What timing.
0: Right. And, you know, that one comes out, like, yeah. A couple <laughs> hours
1: ago. Yeah, a couple hours ago.
0: A couple hours ago now, yeah. Um. But, you know, I, I think... Um, I was throughout the day, I was very interested as much as I was interested in the actual events and how they were unfolding and the the ways in which the unfolding points to and mm-hmm. provides evidence for things we've been arguing are true about white supremacy in this country, right. right. although all like all of that is interesting to watch and horrifying to watch unfold, like I just found myself really interested in what people do when they're faced with something like this that like as citizens of this country even seven miles away from the events there's literally nothing we can do in that moment
1: there isn't there's nothing um there's nothing we can do about that moment yes i would say there's nothing we can do about it yeah um your bully pulpit is not high enough or tall enough to be able to shut that down. Um, there are ways I think, um, as just lessons that I've, I've learned in my own life of how I can approach that while it's happening. If I remember to, Mm -hmm. and afterwards, when reflecting back on it there I think there are things to be done in the moment. I don't think there's anything you can do about the moment. And that's, and that's sort of where the, the lens sort of, sort of narrows a bit and the focus goes sort of off of what's happening to um, how am I reacting and responding to what's happening? And I think that's a practice worth um, engaging in.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So what does that look like for you?
1: For me? I mean, we were talking about this. I think you were. How were we talking about this? It might have been in the meditation group, actually, on what it is that. Um, what do we find ourselves doing in moments like that that gives us not peace, but I mean, groundedness? Maybe in yeah. in 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 what's going on. And, um, I mean, it was as surreal as it was to be a part of a faculty meeting on Zoom on one screen. Don't tell my boss I'm saying this. Um, Mm -hmm. While I have CNN on the other one, you know, watching what's going on. It was not the worst to be engaged in a faculty meeting while that was going on. Mm -hmm. Because people didn't know it was happening. We were, a lot of people were just sort of choosing to talk about you know, the business of the meeting instead. But it, it, I didn't feel like I was alone in it, though. Right. Because um, it's like, well, other people know what's going on, too. And I, there's a conversation about community to be had here. Um, but I found most of my attention going to finding out as much information as I could about it and, you know, trying to pay attention as much I could to what was actually going on. Finding comfort in information mm-hmm. about what what was happening. And I, if I'd I realized, like, if I had turned CNN off and I was just like, oh my God, there's something going on and I can't access information about it, that would have freaked me out more than I was, I think.
0: And so that's really interesting to me this idea of information as comfort, um, versus at some point I recognize within myself, like, the information is not comforting me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is morbid curiosity, mm. right? Like, um, So it's it's tricky for me to tr- tr- sort of tease those things out. You know, I also was in a different faculty meeting. Um, yeah. And I did not have the news on on a second screen. Because um, one of the things that I'm really working on um, just this new year, I guess, is just being aggressively present in whatever I'm doing. Um, because I spend a lot of time multitasking and like not giving any one experience my full attention. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was trying to try out this new thing where during a faculty meeting, I did not have like my, you know, my messages up or my texting, like just trying to focus, um, and so then I happened to pick up my phone towards the end of uh, one of our meetings and one of our colleagues had said, well, I'm going to go now. People are storming the Capitol. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Um, and that's when I started, like, clicked over and was like, oh, oh
2: my God.
0: Yeah. Um, and I found this experience, like, speaking of community, I found this experience so different than when 9-11 happened Um, I was in my first year chemistry class at Virginia Tech. Mm. Um, and so I learned about that event in a room full of people. Yeah. Um, and then I, I did not spend the rest of that day alone at all. Like I was always with people. Um, whereas this, um, we were already under curfew by the time, like Eric had, Eric was out an yeah, hour after right, curfew to like right. to get home. So like I was home alone through through basically all of it. Um Yeah, so was I. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so I. that's right. And so what it looks like to navigate something like that when you're alone uh in a pandemic, right? Like 9/11 would have been something where you know, you gather with people and you hug and you get through it
1: yeah this is a test you know of of our processes i think yeah for self-soothing um because i remember because i was doing the same thing i mean there were a couple of people that i texted and checked on last week last wednesday it's like hey mm-hmm. you doing okay i know a couple of folks that live in the city and i was like eh, if you got to get out let me know you know mm-hmm. um but during in, in september 11th right um I checked on a few people yeah, as well. And I don't know. I was not alone for that. Um, I was in Michigan at the time, mm-hmm. you know, on a vacay uh, for that. And I had a flight back to California on the l- early afternoon of September 11th. That flight did not happen. Yeah. And I ended up spending two and a half days on an Amtrak train going from Chicago uh, to Davis mm-hmm. uh, with the most extraordinary group of people that was on that car with me. Uh, it was something else. Yeah. Um, it was the, I was on with uh, a couple of, a couple of guys who were in the America's cup yacht race mm. and, uh, the, some of the radio staff from the NPR station in Sacramento. Oh,
2: wow.
1: Uh, so yeah, it's like, oh yes, I won a lottery for, like <laughs> you know, people in the explorers club and, you know, uh, radio staff, you know, the do morning shows for NPR. And it's like, this is a winner. Yeah. Um, and so we had, I mean, we forged this little ad hoc random community of, of people who had to get from Chicago to Northern California, mm-hmm. however we could, the semester was about to start. Um, and uh, it was, it was a, it was a, a pretty rare and unique experience that I had doing yeah. that. And it, Two and a half days in a train car—that's a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the of Come From Away, uh, the musical. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, um, focusing on like you know the little town that planes got grounded in that yeah, day, right? That Newfoundland,
1: Newfoundland. Yeah, it, uh,
0: you know, I've seen it, and now my yeah, brain is right. fuzzy on details. Yeah, um, but it is an interesting thing—the way in which community gets forged and i mean i guess in some ways the pandemic is even an example of this in the middle of the pandemic like we get through with the most interesting collection of characters
1: you couldn't predict who it would be no it's
0: It's funny because uh i met with uh my dear boss my dean yesterday do my performance evaluation uh and at some point like it was suggested that you and I had done a few things together, yeah. Um, and I referred to you as my pandemic survival buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like so if if you know if disaster strikes and you get stuck on a desert island, what are you going to take with you? It's like well, a microphone, a Zoom L8 mixer, uh, <laughs> a couple of uh, XLR cables, you know. Do we have Wi Fi? Yeah, Wi like, Do we have Wi Fi? Yeah, some like- SD <laughs> cards, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the things that we do. Um,
0: we just need the mini Zoom. We don't need the LA. Yeah, right. Paul. We can just come take the little H uh,
1: six. Yeah, we can just take the little H six and go on the road with the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's interesting though. But you know, it's always been. It 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 seems to be that the people I was with. I mean, when Mount St Helens erupted, it was just me and my mom because uh, that yeah. was early morning, I think, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, not in 1980, mm-hmm. 79, 80. Um, if not earlier, what was I doing at home? I should have been in school, Um, I think. Um, I was in a homeroom in high school uh, as a sophomore, I think, when a Challenger um, exploded.
2: Uh
1: I was in uh, my apartment in graduate school the first time. I think when Berlin Wall fell, I mean, so it's like in every, it's like this is one of those "Where were you when?" Yeah, events that that is going on. Um, where was I when WHO declared a pandemic? I was in Newport, Rhode Island on a on a vacay because it was spring break. Um, yeah, where was I two weeks ago Thursday? I have no idea where I was. You know, absolutely nothing happened that required that I form a relationship with my surroundings. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, after, you know, during the the attacks on September 11th, I was in uh, Shauna's apartment. Afterwards, I was on a train for two and a half days with people that I remember. And where was I a month and a half ago? I have no idea. I have no idea. Because, I mean, nothing was going on that demanded a relationship with who and what I was around, which I think says something. I mean, because this is like the old "Where were you when JFK got assassinated or was assassinated?" You know, and people were like oh, I was walking on the street, and I was there was a TV in the electronics store, and I stopped and watched. You know, it's it's that kind of stuff, or the moon landing, yeah, the moon landing. You know, the same way, or you know, VE Day or VJ Day or um, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think. You know,
1: yeah. This, do, this "where with where were you when?" question pops up through history. Well, you know,
0: and not just like national history or international history. Like, um, I, I I don't know. I just I think the brain has a way of snapshotting significance.
1: Yeah, it does. You know, that's what I was thinking too.
0: Right, like I, so I remember where I was when I found out I had gotten into uh, the Old Dominion PhD program. Cool. Um, I remember where I was when I found out that I'd gotten an interview for the job I have now. Um, You know, like things like that, like you remember very clear you know?
1: Yeah, it's like something that neurological does happen, it must be, you know, because it's like, it's not just that I, hey, I remember Mount St. Helens erupted, it was on this date, and ash flew, you know, and it, it was this wild times. It's like I, I remember it clearly in full color. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it is true, and how much is my brain is just like making up some stuff around the edges, sort of, but it's like three-dimensional space has been preserved neurologically, and that, that event lives there, not just as a set of facts yeah but as a virtual reality truth that can be revisited upon demand mm-hmm. in an yeah. in interactive 3d way almost yeah and it's really it, I interesting mean,
0: it seems significant but i think it's also completely arbitrary in some ways like uh-huh um I remember the first moment I saw uh, the man that is now my husband. Mm. Like, I know that moment. But I also know that there are so many other very significant people in my life that I have no idea the first time I laid eyes on them. But that doesn't mean they're less significant in my life. Right. Um, And it doesn't mean I couldn't have married Eric unless... I remembered that first moment, you know, like yeah, totally. It's such a weird thing, like, um, and like people are like, "Oh, it was love at first sight." Like, no, just for some reason, and I think it's because if you go back to the '90s in Deep Creek, you know, which is a borough of Chesapeake, yeah, and you look at all the the white dudes at my high school, ninety percent of them looked exactly alike. (laughs) And then there was Eric Spiegel. Yeah. You know, like, I the mean, just,
1: men,
2: right?
0: he is. And, and I mean, like, that is one thing we can always say about Eric. He never looks generic. Right. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But I just, you know, there's lots of people that I love dearly that I don't remember the first time I saw them. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I yeah. Know. I can think of a few. It's like, I don't remember when I met, you know, they've always been my life. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Do you remember when you first saw Shauna?
1: Oh yeah, yeah I do. Um, okay. Mm, I might be making that up. You might be lying. Um, I I remember the kind of kind of okay. right. Um, because it's like it, most mostly I, I can just sort of I remember the conditions and the circumstances under which I met I met Shauna and but it's like no I I think a pretty accurate mental image does actually form. Mm-hmm um at that i remember the second time that i met her because there was this gap right um i knew her in college and i didn't know her for 10 years and then i we reconnected right the rest is bliss um and uh, i definitely remember the second time because it was under trying circumstances definitely for her right Mm -hmm. her mother had passed away and she was driving from michigan to uh southern missouri to go to her funeral and uh she stopped in st louis Mm -hmm. you know and, and had lunch and we had lunch the rest is history. and <laughs> um, I do remember that pretty vividly. Um, but the first time it's like, I think even that is true. Because, um, it was a student orientation class when we were undergrads um, in college. So this is 89? Yeah. Long time. Long mm-hmm. time ago. You know, I think we, we were, I, I, the image that is formed, you know, uh, is we're all in chairs sitting in a classroom doing the most dreaded thing that can happen, which is we all, you know, arrange our chairs into a circle. And it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? You know? And uh, I think I was sitting across from her, but I'm not sure. You know, and I could ask her and she would just say, bloop, it was exactly like this and I was wearing this and you were wearing that. And like, yeah, I remember. I remember. He does not remember. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I mean, that's the image that always sort of comes to me when I think about that. And uh, like I said before, it's like, I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's true. But sometimes our, our brains can sort of make some, some stuff up. Yeah. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I have this old notebook where I wrote about the first time I ever saw Eric Spiegel. And so mm. part of me thinks the fact that I did write it down is one of the reasons it is, you know, yeah. stuck in memory. Right. Um, But then again, there's another moment. um sort of four years later where he was a year ahead of me in high school. Um, And so I remember the last time I thought I would ever see him. Um, And I remember like, I remember watching him walk away and saying to myself, I will never see Eric Spiegel again. Yeah. Like I remember that like almost more clearly than I remember our wedding day.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I I do remember the last time that I saw Shauna as when we were undergraduates before we reconnected like ten years later or whatever I do mm-hmm. remember that too
2: yeah, so, yeah curious. what are
1: the things our brains remember you know and what um what information gets stuck together with other bits of information I mean how much um I was talking about this uh, last December how much of our past comes back to us suddenly and blindingly as soon as we walk in to a place we grew up and it's like you smell what it smells like those are the creaks that the boards make that's what the basement looks like that's what the upstairs smells like that's the oh yeah sound weren't you thinking this about this makes makes after when...
0: you broke into your high school
1: We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, no laws were broken in the breaking in of that high school. Um,
0: when you walked into I your break high in. school I opened the door after door. Somewhat... I
1: walked in like I owned the place, just like I did in 1989. So, um, it, uh, yeah, all this kind of st- The thing about visiting old schools, I've found elementary schools, high school, colleges – um, with some exceptions, they all when you when you go back after 10 years and visit them, they all look so much smaller than mm-hmm. they were the first time, because I remember high school being this big, huge, you know, oh, my God, it's so big kind of thing. And it's in, when I was back last year, when I um, when I visited, let's use that word. <laughs> um, it's like I could stretch on my arms and they would almost go like all the way across the hallway between the lockers. It's like I remember it being so much bigger than this. You know, and it's like, oh my God, I can't be late for class because I don't want to be marked tardy. Oh my God, the bar the bell's gonna ring. It's like the class is literally like twenty feet down the hallway. I think you'll make it, you know, but it yeah. seemed like in a huge in, insurmountable distance at the at the time. It's really so interesting. I mean, going back to my elementary school that I was I visited once or twice after i had after i graduated from eighth grade i don't even know if that's a thing that happens i think didn't then, then you just left after you, <laughs> after eighth years like you didn't graduate you just kind of left um so small tiny 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 it's like i can't believe how small this is so mm-hmm. it's interesting how our memory rem- doesn't always seem to remember the true geometry of our place as much as it does um our relationship to who we are in that space as well mm-hmm you know, because I did feel pretty small in high school and I was pretty small in elementary school and, um, that relative or absolute size in the perspective and the dimensions of it seemed to be caught up in my memory of that as well. Um, which is interesting to me. I don't know if there's any there there with it, but it's like, yeah, it's anytime I go back and visit these places that I knew as a kid, they always seem so much smaller
0: yeah i mean in my this... memory then
1: they are you know they seem smaller now than they they seemed then
0: yeah yeah i mean every now and then i go and look at the house i did this maybe two weeks ago i look at you know the house that i was initially like i lived the first seven years of my life in uh, you know a particular house uh-huh. in Rangery in deep creek and uh, every now and then i go look at the uh like the old real estate like because the house was on the market a few years ago and my brother thought about buying it um and so every now and then i go look at these pictures of this house that i you know spent my formative years in right um and it is it's amazing to me um how tiny that house looks um and uh just I remember the vastness of that neighborhood, um, yeah. just feeling like it was just, you know, forever. Um, and I also remember the we lived next to a power plant, and I remember thinking that oh. the power plant was actually like a fair away away from my house. Um, but when I look at it now, like on a map, I'm like, oh. That was an unsafe distance. Yeah. Like, yeah. who
1: knows what you who knows what's in your groundwater, you know.
0: Well, it's you know, the like air. the propensity of uh asthma cases to yeah. neighborhood residents like hmm. Yeah.
1: Everybody had an inhaler at the time, right?
0: well not at the time but we all do now
1: (laughs) yeah right that's 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 something yeah yeah that's so that's so that's something so um you asked me what i what i do right Mm -hmm. um what i find myself doing when when there's i mean i don't want to call it a national crisis but times when we're shook by events that are happening um and what did i come up with right I, i tend to reach out to people and i strive and i look for for information you know Mm -hmm. Uh, how would you answer that question sherry what do you do
0: Hmm. it's a good question um i feel like what i do is starting to evolve um i know i know how i used to handle it like um well i don't know to some extent maybe it's still the same I think when thing when I find something incredibly destabilizing, mm-hmm. uh, usually the first thing I do is call my dad, really,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and i think I think as I'm getting older, I'm realizing how hard that is for a human like my father because
1: to be to be on call to be on in, call, yeah, in an emergency okay,
0: and so when this actually happened. I purposely did not call him because my brother did. Um, my brother called him like immediately. Mm. Um,
1: this time, like last week? Yeah, last week, okay. My, okay. like
0: my brother's first call was dad. Oh, okay. Um, and I know when 9-11 happened, like I called my dad and it's like, you know, it's it feels like it's always been my dad's job to tell me everything was going to be OK. Right. Um, And with 9-11, he was certainly like, that's 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 the work he did right um and every destabilizing thing before that um when my grandfather died when my grandmother died um when i did not get into the architecture program at virginia tech um every big thing that's ever happened to me like my dad is usually the first call um because he's he's a stabilizing force um And, but I also think like, that's like, as, as I get older, that is harder and harder because I think the things that destabilize me are much, much bigger now. It's
1: Um, harder and harder to to call them.
0: I think it's harder and harder. Like once, like at some point you realize we're all just humans doing the best we can here. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's kind of like the moment that you realize your teacher's also a human, like yeah, yeah. like the moment when like I realized like, yeah, this this is probably unlike anything my father has seen before, too,
2: yeah, so right.
0: you know, like he I'm seven miles away. He doesn't have any information that i I don't have. um and it actually occurred to me that it might be a little uncomfortable for my dad to know that this thing is happening seven miles away from his daughter.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. And so and right I the, sort right of consciously
0: didn't call him. I ended up calling my mother and he immediately got on the phone
2: yeah.
0: and like went straight into, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mode. Um. And in, in that moment, like I didn't want to be told it was going to be okay. Like yeah. I just wanted to look at this and say, no, this is actually,
1: holy shit, huge
0: and terrible, yeah. and we need to sit with the discomfort of this. And yeah, so I what think
1: a, what a thing to offer, you know.
0: Yeah, and and so I think that that's that's why I don't know the answer to that question. Is my inclination in the past has been whenever there is something destabilizing, I've wanted someone to tell me everything's going to be okay. Right. And I think the moment that I'm in now. Is one where when something happens and it's destabilizing, I want to explore what it looks like just to be with it.
1: Yeah, because it, it, it seems like um, even when something was happening and someone was called upon to tell you that everything was going to be okay. Um, how did the outcome change knowing that that was, was, was said by somebody whom you trust? Uh, It's like, whether things are going to be okay and whether things are not going to be okay, you're still stuck exactly in the situation that you're in. You just, the only difference is you have somebody on the other end of a phone line telling you something they may or may not know, which may or may not be, be true, whatever that sort of means. Um, either way, you know, you're stuck in the same position of you're here now and time is passing at this rate mm-hmm. and, uh, things will happen a- as they do. So, you know, there's an opportunity here from, you know, for the, for the conversation to change a little bit from, you know, how do I, you know, how, how can I find comfort by somebody, you know, telling me that things are, or how do I find a way for this to be okay? Or how do I find, um, um, uh, some optimism, whatever you want to say, sort of in this. To um, how am I going? How am I going to um, approach this? How mm-hmm. am I gonna? How am I going to be while this unfolds? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to relate to myself as this unfolds? Which it will, because you know, in both cases, it was that. It was this. How do I? How am I going to relate to this? And how do I relate to myself mm-hmm. while this thing is ongoing, knowing that. You know, you have no, in this case, you know, you, you have no bearing on the outcome of this. Right. Whatsoever. It's the only thing that you can sort of have any say about. Who do you reach out to? Um, what conversations do you want to have? And what are you going to do while time passes? Mm-hmm.
2: What
1: are you going to do, right? While the clock moves from three o'clock to four o'clock to five o'clock to six o'clock. What are you going to do? You know, when it's time to go to bed and everything's turned off and it's dark you know, having what just happened happen. What are you gonna do? Then how are you gonna spend your time the next day? Um, and with what mindset and with what approach and which with which egoic manifestation do you want to present to the world for that? Are you gonna be teacher Sherry? Are you gonna be Professor Sherry? Are you gonna be friend and listener Sherry? Are you gonna be podcaster Sherry? Are you gonna be what? You know? Um mm-hmm. and and those are some decisions that you do sort of get to make and um whether you want want to or not they are but if it's you know there there's something to be said for if if at all possible and this is not an easy thing to do you know can what what can mindful awareness sherry offer this time mm-hmm. that she finds herself in during this and may our best selves if at all possible to summon, be summoned to this for ourselves and for those and for others around us. And that's really hard Mm -hmm. because I mean, it's hard to take care of ourselves, let alone taking care of somebody else. But what we always just find out is that we're all just taking care of ourselves as best we can, sometimes together, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: sometimes together. And it's, it's, it's found to be easier for me when there are other people involved in that than when I'm by myself. Mm
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. I, I mean, I think it was a lot. Sorry. Yeah. No. I no. No. Kinda no. Kinda, no. <laughs> I kind of went
1: on a thing. But.
0: No. No. That's a, that's what we do here. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we do get the choice of which which version of ourselves we want to bring to any of the circumstances that come before us. I think when big things like this happen um figuring out which community to walk through it with is really right. important yeah it is um you know there's there's the community that is you know social media spaces which i did not find particularly productive yeah, this yeah, twitter around.
1: might not help you be your best self through this right No, you know that um might not be the
0: yeah um but it, it is, you know, I am finding that we have a lot more choice in how we want to navigate things than I might have readily wanted to admit in years before. Right, right. You know, um, and so it's, it's, it is really, I mean. I feel like you don't get much of a choice in in a lot of ways as to whether or not you weather stuff like this. No, like, this is going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a lot of say, I mean, in, in whether or not it's gonna.
0: Yeah. Be right. Yeah. And so, you I know. mean, for, for a long time, I think things like this have been the most destabilizing to me because I have absolutely no control. I am completely helpless right um and i don't like situations where i don't have control uh it's not my favorite um but i think going through something like this and saying okay well this is not going to be my favorite day <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just say that and get that out of the way right and
0: right um clear
1: clear that off the table to start with
0: yeah and then recognizing uh yeah also no one around me is going to be having their top day
1: yeah right
0: you know like okay low trauma day for all of us cool cool how do i be the best to myself that i can
1: yeah let's go real slow here
0: yeah and that that i mean a lot of times that's that's it um at, at one point i uh texted a friend of mine and was saying like god this is really getting to me and she was like why are you watching turn it off do something else and i tried that and it made it worse
1: yeah that's what happens to me too it's like no i'm turning this on you know
0: yeah um you know and i ended up having some long conversations with each of my family members and Mm -hmm. um you know and just you know just tried to stay with it and and to be okay with how un-okay everything felt. Yeah,
1: yeah. Pay attention and pay attention.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I find that there's there's a little bit of this like irony to the fact that you and I are talking about like well maybe you don't need to have somebody tell you that everything's going to be okay Yeah. like Paul talking about this in abstract as though he's not one of the people that I have made tell me everything's going to be yeah, okay Oh yeah Paul. totally and
1: I'm happy to offer that yeah I'm happy to offer that and I think a responsible person will you know and and there's there's stuff to add on to the end of that is it going to be okay yes I don't know how I don't know when I don't know under what circumstances I don't know what's going to happen to make it okay but yeah it will be because everything eventually is Yeah. as universal truth, if not proximate association, you know, everything will be okay. I don't know when that's going to be. I mean, but I mean there are, in, and this is of course not even the beginnings of a conversation about what okay means because there are people who are not okay. You know, people died mm-hmm. in this, you mm-hmm. know, um, There are people that are not okay, and they have families, and they have people who loved them, and they are, "Mm," you know, so not everything is okay right now, and it won't be okay tomorrow, but how can we be with this? Yeah. You know, what am I feeling right now, and, and how can I be with this? And how do I develop that? How can I practice this at my best? And who is, like you said, I think what you said is super important, Sherry. Um, who is the community for me right now while this is going on, that's going to help me Mm -hmm. be my best self through this. And, uh, Twitter probably ain't it. And Mm -hmm. you know, who, who are the people that we, that we go to when, when things are not okay. And, you know, regardless of whether or not your dad actually can make things okay or not, or whether or not he actually knows, you know, by him taking it on as a responsibility to reassure that it will be okay. It ain't the worst, you know, um, it's not the worst, uh, way way to be, but I mean, nobody can make it okay, you know, except for you Mm -hmm. and me and, how do I make this okay for myself? And again, this is like, what do you even mean by okay? I don't know. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Cause ultimately, am I okay right now? Kinda, you know? Um, But there's, there's still some tricky stuff going on. And Mm -hmm. when the pandemic started last, well, started last year and a half ago, whenever that was, when it came to the four last March, Will it be okay? It's like, yeah, but it's going to be a while yeah. um, before it's easy again. And who knows what's going to come out the other side. But that's the same with this. Yep. You know, events like this changes things.
2: Yeah.
1: It changes things. Fundamentally, you know, this will not, this, this will never unhappen. Right. And there will be consequences that we are with the rest of our life. Some might be good. Some might be bad. People may be held a little more accountable. People may be a little more careful to speak. People, if nothing else, will appreciate uh, the, the power of rhetoric hmm I think um mm-hmm. I mean, I'm there so will proud be, of you for, be,
0: for having that sentence. Like Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and
1: there will you know, I mean, everybody already knows this. I mean, the number of dissertations that are gonna be written on 2020, 2021 so far could fill a library. Yeah. I mean, this is gonna be studied for yeah, decades, um, what happened, you know.
0: Absolutely. I mean, so many so many more questions come out of an event like this than yeah. answers, right? Um I remember when I was in graduate school, I was the first ever class I took on rhetoric um was a genre studies class. And one of the things we studied was the 9-11 commission report, right? Yeah, right. More questions come out of an event yeah. like this than answers. Um so yeah, I think we're gonna be asking hard questions and exploring them based upon this for quite some time. Um, yeah. But I also know that, uh, you know, no one wanted this to have happened, but one thing that many of us got to watch happen uh, that is long overdue is that we had the president elect go on television and say words matter. Yeah. And as someone who has devoted her career yeah, to the argument right. that words matter, um. Yeah. That's an important moment, right? Like, uh yeah. I feel like I have been pushing a rock uphill, trying to argue that words matter for the last four years. Right. Um. And so you know, there's part of me that, in the midst of this chaos, you know, it's very much like the uh, the old Mister Rogers thing, like look for the helpers. Well. <sighs> look for the ways that the, the tides are turning. Yeah. And you know, like that's the one thing that I have been clinging to for the last week is maybe in the next little bit, we're going to get back to a world that believes that words actually matter.
1: Yeah. I think Twitter figured that out, you know, and yeah, a lot of social media companies just figured that out. Yeah. Um, Little too little, a little too late, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, words matter. And what else can you say? Um and there's responsibility that goes along with what those words are.
2: hmm Yeah.
1: And you know, our our childhoods are rife with statements. Uh, the old sticks and stones can break my bones. World words were never heard. It's like I don't think that's true, you know. <laughs> I don't think that's true.
0: I think, you know, what's Um, interesting about that saying is I think it's like, it's like a classic trick, right? Like you, words are so dangerous that we can use them to try to convince you that they're not dangerous.
1: Yeah. It's spellcasting. Yeah. You know, it's spellcasting. Yeah. Um, in, In every way.
0: I'm going to use words to convince you that words are not dangerous.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Except we all can remember around the same times that somebody was, you know, shouting that at us. We can still remember the insult that led someone to tell that to us.
1: Yeah. And we still remember feeling like shit. Yeah. You know, so it was like,
0: oh. That still lives in us, right? The words
1: are not hurting me, but, you know, I'm hurting myself when I hear them. So it's not a very kind thing to do. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Words totally matter, and that was a that was a very intelligent thing for him to say.
2: Yeah. so that I made think me happy. and
1: important. You know, mm-hmm. considering that's how we got into this mess. A lot yep. of It was rhetoric and the words that we were, were being used. Yeah. You know.
0: So you know we're not going to avoid crisis. We're not going to avoid these moments. But maybe no matter what is forced upon us, we might be able to pay attention. Yeah in it seek information be mindful of words yeah who do i want to be through this
1: you know who do i want to be during this yeah who are who are the people to to help me bring out my best self in this Mm -hmm. um what am i feeling right now and how can i be with it yeah What, what do i need and you know, last week at this time, I was saying, you know what, a weighted blanket would be nice. And hey, man, maybe that's part of it. But <laughs> some things are bigger than a weighted blanket.
0: I'll um, tell you, I've been, I have been sleeping underneath my weighted blanket. Yeah, I
1: need to get one. I still
2: haven't. For a week.
0: I actually, I meditated with my weighted blanket on me mm-hmm. this morning. I'm all about a meta blanket. Yeah. Yeah. You should. You should. Not to should you. Not to should. But, be, right, but. you might enjoy. Trying sleeping with that sandbag on you first.
1: Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll you've see what um, that does. you've
0: almost had that thing a year now, so yeah,
1: I'll see how that goes. I'll see what that does. Huh. Huh, huh, huh. Very cool. Um, thanks, Sherry. I think this was a great conversation. Yeah, me too. bro. Right? Cool. and if nothing else, I do find comfort in uh, when when big things like this happen, like last week or like pandemics, like government insurrection, like space shuttle, like Um, One of the things that I find most helpful is acknowledging and then talking about it, uh-huh. regardless of whether or not there are actual answers. Cause the conversation that you and I just had um, did not change a single thing with the event itself, but it can change how we approach it and and what we bring to it and how we are with ourselves through it. And um, I think there's as much power in that as there is in anything else. So, you know, just talking about it. It's like, don't be afraid to talk about it. It's like, hey, man, I'm really freaked out about what happened last week. Um, Do you want to talk about it? Sure. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Sure. You know, hearing somebody else's perspectives and struggles and ideas and thoughts about it can be a good thing. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: If nothing else, to remind us that we're not in this alone. And... The thing to remember here, I think, that I was talking with one of my classes about yesterday is uh, re- this conversation reminds me of something I said when a student was talking about imposter syndrome and, and what to do with it. Because first day of class, for some people, it was their very first ever college science class. People a little freaked out. Brains do weird things. You know, they try to convince us that everybody else is an expert except us, who is going to be a failure. And, uh, that all this anxiety and nervousness is something that is, uh, to be, to be felt and, um, I'm going to do my best, but I'm not a science major. So I'm just going to try to do as best I can and I'll be happy with a C or whatever. And the imposterness of feeling like we are, um, just kind of faking it, trying to get through. And the way out of that, uh, for me was always, well, everyone's an imposter. It's Mm -hmm. not just you. Everybody is just trying to get by you know no matter what front they put up no matter what aspect of their ego they show or who they portend to be and and what part of them is coming to the to the front everybody's just trying to get by yeah everybody's just doing their best
0: yeah you know i i watched a documentary last night um based on a psychotherapist who i i he's an existentialist and i um I use his work a lot in my teaching because mm-hmm. he has this idea of like humanity's four ultimate concerns, but I watched a documentary that was about him last night. Mm. You know, this is a guy who's published multiple books. He's he's beyond brilliant, you know. Right. Um you know, he secured spots at prestigious schools um you know, as a Jewish man in a time where they were literally limiting how many Jewish people they would admit, right? right? brilliant brilliant human and they take this moment where they ask him like basically what are the most surprising stories that he tells himself or the things that are most surprising to him about his life and Mm -hmm. he he's at this big like academic conference being honored and he's like this this is the most surprising like i'm still telling myself that i don't belong here and it's like no matter like for somebody who is like you know for 40 years has been a great in his field um and still imposter syndrome is there right alongside him as he signs books and yeah you know it's 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 maybe one of the most uh binding and community building things about us
1: is that we're all imposters here Yeah, we're all faking it
0: yeah yeah fascinating awesome cool well thanks paul
1: well, thanks, Sherry. Anything coming up? Anything going on? Anything come to mind you want to tell folks about?
0: Ah, uh, let's Maybe. see. Uh, what do we got we, cooking? We we are coming up on a couple of things. Uh, we are coming up on a one, couple. we are going to soon celebrate the one year birthday of Seven Thirty Club, our morning meditation group, and I yeah. think we've got some thoughts on how we're going to honor that passage, that happy first birthday, Seven Thirty Club.
1: Yeah, that's that was about a year ago, uh, late mm-hmm. January, that um, we started to sit for an hour
2: mm-hmm. Yep, you so, know,
1: in very different circumstances very different. are in. It was so easy. We were all just there in this room, and we could sit, and it was great. And um, times have changed, yet that is not. So yeah. um, that's coming up on a year, which yep. is hard to believe.
0: Yeah, so at the it's end of this believe. month, we're going to honor the passage of that. We're going to honor the fact that you will have finished your yep. meditation teacher certification training
1: that's yep. at the end of january as well
0: and we're going to kick off our brahma vihara workshop yeah
1: so we which, got a few things cooking so if you're interested in either the monday morning meditation group there's a website uh, i believe we it's have. tuesday and thursday but yes th- what did i say did monday I say? Ah oh, goodness sakes. I'm unavailable Monday. Yeah, time is funny with me. Um, Tuesday, of- Thursday. I mean, there no you go. When meditation group meets, goodness sakes. Tuesday, Thursday at 7.30, as the name implies. Um, and you can get on the mailing list for that on the website. And I believe that's in the shared spaces part, isn't it, uh-huh. Sherry? It is, yeah. Um, and the Brahma Vahara's workshop listing is there as well, if anybody wants to check any any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff out. so That's also for in the shop. Yep, it's also in the shop uh, for mm-hmm. a, a nominal fee uh, to pay the pay the website fees and all that other kind of stuff. We appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, you can always support us on Patreon or anything like that and get Absolutely. some access to some things that way. Uh, that way too. Yeah, and if you follow uh, us on that. the
0: social medias, you might have been seeing that um, people are starting to purchase swag for yes, this here of, podcast so a couple of hoodies are, in the wild right there are Come hoodies on. in the wild uh there is uh a team mug the out there in the world um so if you've been thinking to yourself boy i would like some swag for this nerdy podcast i listen to you're in luck you can well, buy that from the yeah shop.
1: two birds with one stone you know how can i support those podcasts it's like well you know how can i support this podcast and i really need something to drink my tea out of t- you can do both. You can do both. Um, sure. so we appreciate all all forms of that. So, um, yeah, so we got all kinds of good stuff cooking. Uh, we got you. some other stuff cooking after that that we're just not going to tell you too much about right now. Uh, hint, go listen to the Contemplative Composing episode again. Right? You yeah. might get an idea about what something coming up might be. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll do another book group here coming up. And, eh, I'm talking about too much. This we point, got plans. So let these folks go. So uh, thank you, Sherry.
0: Thank you, Paul.
1: And thank you, listeners, for listening. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you're welcome to reach out to us. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear about or if you have any thoughts or ideas or you want to comment on something that we said, uh, either mindfully or mindlessly, <laughs> during this little podcast of ours. Uh, we look forward to talking to you soon.
0: Yeah. Happy Podcast Tuesday. Happy
1: Podcast Tuesday. Yeah. Stick take care, everybody. All
0: right. Bye, y'all.
1: Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a
0: Paul podcast. And a podcast,
2: yes. yes.